0: How are we doing, Church Alive? Awesome. Awesome. So glad you're here today, whether you're new, um, second time, third time. Someone told you you'd find a date, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, something like that. However you're here, we're glad you're here. However you heard about us. Man, I've just been praying all week that you'd be blessed. And uh, now that you've sat down, can you stand back up um, we're gonna read a passage of scripture and I'm excited to kind of get into the message this morning. How many of you believe that God has something for you this morning? Amen. If you have your Bible, you can go to the book of Judges. Always bring, good to bring your Bible to church. How many brought your Bible? How many, how many of your Bible shines? Is there any shiny Bibles in the house? As in one of these things I'm talking about, these things that shiny, shiny Bibles. Uh, I have a paper Bible today. I just believe my Bible is better than your Bible. Judges chapter 7, the sixth book uh, of the Bible, right next to the book of Joshua. Judges chapter 7, and uh, we're going to get right into it. If you're ready, say yes. Yes. Judges, Judges chapter 7, verse 9, says this. That night, the Lord said, Get up. He also said, turn off your phone. (laughs) Get up. Go down into the Midianite camp for I have given you victory. Someone say victory. victory. I have given you victory over them. God, I don't know if you know this about God or not, but he always says things in past tense. He's like, I've given it to you already. You're like, Lord, I don't have it. He's like, I've given it to you. It's like, and, and, and this will be the story of your life because he's always trying to stretch you in the realm of faith. He wants you to believe before you ever get it. Someone say, I'm blessed. You may not even feel blessed. You're like, oh, I'm not sure. But if you just start believing that you're blessed, you're going to be blessed. I'm telling you. And the Bible says this, but if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant, Pura. I'm not sure why his mother named in that, but let's keep going. Verse 11, listen to what the Midianites are saying and you will be greatly encouraged. Been praying that you would be greatly encouraged this morning. Um, then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Peru, and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Someone say, that's a lot. That's a lot. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore, too many to count. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, I had this dream and in my dream a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit Uh, A tent, turned it over and knocked it flat. His companion answered, your dream can mean only one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite victory over Midian and all its allies. And when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. And then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, get up. Someone say, get up. For the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite herds. Someone say, for the Lord 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 has given me me victory. victory. Say it again. For the Lord Lord has given me me victory. victory. Come on, say it like really. You believe it with all your heart. For the Lord Lord has given me my family, my church, church. Victory. victory. In Jesus, name. in Jesus' name, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the power of your word and the power of even speaking your word over our lives and over our minds and over our hearts and over our futures, God. We thank you for the word of the Lord in this house. And I pray that every person within the sound of my voice and downstairs and upstairs, God, God, that everyone would leave out of this place encouraged. Everyone would leave out with a new perspective. Everyone, Lord, breathe on these moments, Lord. I ask you put your super on my natural. God, give your people ears to hear, hearts to understand and see. But God, the will and the determination to put it into practice, I pray. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, speak to my heart. Give me the wisdom to apply the Word of God to my world. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Come on, grab your seat. High five three people as you sit down. Come on, just high five them. Grab your seat and tell them they look good. I was grabbing coffee with someone this week, or maybe it was breakfast, I can't remember which one, but I was grabbing coffee with someone and we were just chatting about different things going on in life and, and so forth, and I left the conversation, have you ever, ever have a conversation, um, and I left the conversation and I was just like, my goodness, it is so easy to hear messages and not do messages. It's so easy to hear sermons and almost the longer you're a Christian, almost get used to sermons. You, you so get used to them. You're kind of like, oh, okay, I've heard that somewhere before, preacher and, and so forth. And it's so easy just to... Um, even know the word yourself, and maybe you've even talked the word and so forth, and you, you could quote a verse, and you could say, yeah, I know that and so forth. But I, but I realized as I was chatting to a friend of mine that I'm just like, man, it's so easy just to, to even know it, but it's so easy not to apply it, to be honest. Um, especially when we're sitting in a crowd of people, because here's the problem with a crowd of people. You think it's for the person next to you. Especially if you're married, you're like, oh, that was a good one, honey. You should pay attention to that or vice versa. You're, 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 you're a woman here. You look at your husband, you're like, oh, you know, that's right. You know, you are, you are, you, did you get that one? Did you hear that one? You were struggling with that this week. I, I saw you. I know and so forth. But here's, can I just say this to every single person? Can we, listen, if you, if you consider this your church, if you consider me your pastor, can we have a one-on-one conversation today? In other words, like, when you know when you have a one-on-one conversation with someone and I say to that person, hey, you need to change this, they're not looking around going, hey, that was you, (laughs) ha ha, like that's the dude in the buffet back there, no, 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 I just want to let you know today, I'm not talking to the person in front of you, I'm not talking to the person behind you, I I, I want you to take this and just go, hold on, this one's for me, are you with me? And so if you believe that God has a word for you, then you've got to say, okay, um, even if I know this today, I- here's what I believe. I believe that God is looking for people that will um, not hear deep messages, but will apply it deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how many of the greatest commandment is the one you learned the first time? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And how many you know that you're probably still struggling with that one? And you learned that when you were four and even quoted it and, and, and learned a Bible verse on it. And so I just, man, can I tell you today, this one's for you. Yeah. We can have coffee. You can pretend we're having coffee. I'm still going to preach. I'm going to shout at you and stuff. But, but I won't do that if we're having coffee. I'll just be quiet. And it's just like, hi, Katie. So how's it going? All right, good. You know what? Maybe you should work on this. That's how I want you to view today. Are you with me? Yeah, Someone say, this one's going to be good. This one's going to be good. (sighs) That should be a cappuccino, I think. Um... How many of you have ever listened to TED Talks? Anyone listen to TED Talks? Uh, oh, a bunch of you. Yeah, I listened to TED Talk this week. I want to put a red circle in our, in our thing here. Um, I listened to a TED Talk and he was talking about success. He was talking about one of the keys of success. And, and the cool thing about TED Talks is they're actually pretty short, like 12, 15, 20 minutes. And he was talking about how he interviewed uh, one of the greatest... The chess champion like of all time he was the world champion and how this guy later on uh, was the world champion in chess but then later on became like a martial arts champion and he was asking him questions on um, how did he succeed like that and, and he said I think the danger is obviously this guy's an absolutely brilliant guy you can think in eight moves ahead and so forth in all different directions and so you know he's gifted he said the challenge is for most people is that um, they can think of themselves as so gifted and so unique that they don't keep growing. Wow. They're successful and they're really good at what they do. And so they don't have a mindset of growth. And so this man went on to say, if I just thought I was just unique and gifted, I guarantee I would have made so many different mistakes and never been world champion. And then he goes on to be a karate champion. And he had to understand that every day, whether he won or lost, he had, a, he had to take on a mindset of growth. Yeah. And I actually believe for every single person here, This will help you in life. If you take on a mindset of growth, then it doesn't matter where you are or how bad your life is, guess what? You're a growing person. You are a kind of person who receives advice, receives wisdom, receives counsel. So for instance, in the area of money, you might have done some of the dumbest things ever, but if you're a growing person, that's okay because you're going to learn from it. You might be really blessed in here, but if you keep a mindset of growth, then you can be more blessed. Someone say amen. Yeah, amen. If you are in the area of health, for instance, if you're a really healthy person, guess what? You can even become healthier, right? Yeah. So if you're not healthy, but if you're a growing person and you say, you know, what? I'm going to be a growing person in the area of health, therefore I've made tons of mistakes, therefore I can change it, right? Yeah, Let's talk about this one in the area of faith. Um, this can be anywhere, I hope in the area of faith, you've, you've never arrived, you, you don't know enough, you, you, you've got to understand that you're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not there yet, there's lots of growth for me to do. Just want to admit to you right now, Anthony's got to grow a lot. Yeah. And I've got to grow a lot, I'd, I'd, I'd assume that you probably do too, unless you're like Eli- uh, 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 Elisha and God's just going to take you to heaven. But it's probably not going to happen, right? And so, God isn't thinking that you're perfect yet. So let me just uh, let me show the first screen here. Let's say you're an atheist, for instance, uh, for a second. Um, No, 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 not that one. What are you saying? I'm not sure what that one. Give me the atheist one. (laughs) Just say I'm growing. Come on, say I'm growing. Okay, so if you're an atheist, if someone brought you, let's say, don't worry, you'll get a girlfriend. It's like, I don't even believe in God, but just come to church anyway. Let's say you're an atheist. But if you're a growing atheist, you'll actually switch to be an agnostic. Because an atheist says there is no God, which assumes you have all knowledge. And since you don't know everything, surprisingly. Let's even assume you are absolutely brilliant and you had 1% knowledge of all the information in all the world. There's the 99% that you don't know, and therefore it's actually more intelligent to say, I'm not an atheist, I'm an agnostic. But then, if you're an agnostic, for instance, are you a insincere agnostic, which means I I don't know if there's a God, but I don't care? But if I'm a growing person, I might go from an insincere one to a sincere one. Are you with me? So let's someone say grow. Grow. And so, if I'm a a sincere agnostic, well, then eventually you have to become a seeker. And a seeker is someone that's looking for God, thinking about God. God, is there someone? Is is there someone up there? Anyone up there? And you won't just answer that question, but you'll keep seeking and keep seeking. And if you're a sincere seeker, you'll eventually become a believer. Because yeah. God will show up to you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, So I know what the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. But then the next verse says, in verse 12, it says, But then you'll call upon me and come and pray to me, and I'll listen to you if you seek me with all your heart. Then I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Jesus said, Matthew 7, verse 7, he said, Ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock in the door. Shall someone say, Shall, shall. it shall be opened unto you? How many say, I believe? I believe? So let's go to the next slide, guys. And so there is the, the, the believer, and you believe upon Jesus. But let's, let's, let's all uh, address this one. Let's not just be a believer, let's be a growing believer. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Someone say, I'm gonna grow. Now, believer, I'm believing, but I want to be a growing believer. Therefore, you might have had a bad season. You might have had a bad month. Talking to someone today, you've had a bad couple of months. But as long as you keep the attitude that I will keep growing, it's okay. See, you learn from your mistakes. You learn from your failures. You're just like, man, I was having a bad month. Well, maybe you're hanging out with the wrong people. Mm -hmm. I, I had a bad month. Maybe you haven't been in church in six weeks. I'm 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 a growing and so sometimes can I tell you this? Someone's gonna offend you at some time. Yeah. Yeah. And someone say with me, that's my opportunity, that's my opportunity to, grow. to grow. I think so many people need to, to, to embrace this. I might offend you. You're like, Pastor, you couldn't. Yeah, that's that's couldn't. No, I might. I might say something one day, like, I, I I like that. And guess what? I just helped you grow. <laughs> See, I need to say things sometimes that offend you. I need to say some stuff, men, that are, that are just like, I'm not sure about that. I don't like that. But that's your opportunity to grow. Yeah. And the person around you, the person next to you, you might join a team in our church or go to a connect group, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't like those people. Why? Because they did this to me. Guess what? Now you've got to grow. Yeah. And you've got to forgive. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Come on, somebody. And if I'm a growing Christian, eventually I become a disciple who disciples other people. You're not a, a growing Christian or you're not a mature believer until you're actually discipling other people yet. Someone say, I've got to grow. I've got to grow. Let's, let's say that louder and, and more firm. Just say, I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow. So last week, we began to talk, I, I said all of that to set us up for this time. Um, last week, we began to talk about this phrase, and here's my summation of last week. Your words are shaping your world. Your words are shaping your world. And I can point to numerous scriptures and Proverbs 18, The Bible says, death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. The Amplified Version of the Bible and in um, the book of James, it says that uh, basically if you can control the tongue, you can literally shape everything about your life. And this is not just a cute Bible phrase. Science proves this. And so we've found out even in the last 20 or so years that your brain is always changing and so your thoughts are very important, but even what you say is even more important. Because your thoughts are taking up mental real estate in your brain, but the problem is when you speak what you say, if it's negative, it solidifies it. And so it is critical what you say. But I want to talk to you today about the language of champions. I want to talk to you today about the language of champions. How many of you have been watching uh, some of the Olympics, at least some of it? Come on, put up your hand, yes? How many have been learning something? right? How many of you have been motivated to go to the gym maybe a little bit more, eat a little healthier? None of you. Okay, you're like, no, no, that's for them. I'm never going to be like that, okay? Uh, but it's inspiring though, isn't it? It's amazing that, you know, no one wakes up and is just a professional gymnast one day, right? Uh, God gives gifts and abilities, but then there's focus, there's hard work, there's years of diligence, and then there's a team of people around you that help you fulfill your destiny. And you've got to understand that this is the way Paul was speaking to the church in first 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 and 27, the Bible says this, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27, it says this, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize, and then he just says this simple s- statement, so run to win. In other words, God has not called you to lose. God has a unique race for you. You don't need to compete with a person next to you to the left or right, but we are running together. God has something particular for you, but you'll always find in the scriptures that God has a particular call on someone, but he always joins them with other people. So you cannot do it by yourself you got to understand that's why you need the house of God. That's why you need connect groups. That's why you need them because you've got to be around people who are helping you run the race that God has for you. Yeah. I don't know about you, but if, if, if God has a race for me, I want to win. Yeah. I'm not one of those people that's just like, oh, I just play for fun. It's way more fun when you win. Yeah. Can someone say amen? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't like that attitude. Who cares? It's in the Bible. (laughs) All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a gold medal, a bronze medal, a, a silver medal that will fade away and get millions of dollars. But we do it for an eternal prize. So he says this, so I run with purpose in every step. He says, I am not just shadowboxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. What I've noticed about athletes is that they are focused and they're diligent and they eat. They're disciplined in are eating, right? They're disciplined in are training. You, if you hear about their training regimes, just like, oh my goodness, you do this year in and year out. They didn't do this for six months. They did this for 12, 15, 20 years. But one of the things that I notice about athletes is, especially winning athletes, is they have a language of champions, They they don't talk about defeat. They don't talk about losing. And even if they do win, they kind of say, okay, I'm going to learn from this one and I'm going to do it better next time. And I'd say that every person that I've ever met, I've never met a champion, but with a conversation that's so low. And so do you know that a winning person has a language to them? A winning family has a certain language to it. A winning company has a language to it. If you're a business owner in here and you have employees, you're going to determine you can't have negative people and be a winning company. In a church scenario, you can't have everyone talking negative and have an overcoming championship church. You just can't. There is a language of champions. And the language that you and I speak is literally forming our world. Are you with me? Your words are shaping how you view every department of your life. Now, how many of you have tried this before? How many of you have tried to you know what, I'm going to speak positive. Come on, put up your hand. Uh, uh, Six of you. Good. The rest of you, no, pretty stuck in defeat and negativity. All right, good. Awesome. Come on, put up your hand if you've tried to be more positive. Come on. Okay, we we all have. Okay, put down your hand. I want to give you a scripture and then I want to point out kind of an illustration here that I think just hits at home. Galatians 6 verse 9 says this, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, some will say the proper time. time. It doesn't say how much time, does it? No, in the Bible, is hey talk positive for a week and your life's going to change forever. (laughs) There, there isn't. Here's what I've found about life, and I wish there was quick fixes. Don't you? Don't you wish you could just throw it in the microwave like I'm changed? (laughs) (sighs) I went to church once. I'm amazing. (laughs) I'm kind of like Gabriel. You know, no, what I've found is that there is no quick fix. Actually, here's what God says to you and to me. He says, you're going to have to focus. You're going to have to discipline yourself. And guess what? Every single one of us in here can do it better. Galatians 6 verse 9, put it back on the screen. God. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we reap a harvest of good things, you reap a harvest in your marriage if you keep speaking life into that marriage. But it doesn't work for three days. Honey, I tried it for three days. It doesn't work on you. I'm going back to insulting you. We're going to have an amazing marriage, uh, ladies. It might be like um, I tried not nagging you for four days. It didn't work. Now I'm going back to nagging you. (laughs) No, 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 that's not working, is it? But scientists have found out this when it comes to the brain, that you have your, um, the thing that you are conscious of, the conscious and unconscious part of you, and the conscious part of you, they actually say is only 10%. And the unconscious part of you is like 90%. So just look on the screen, you'll see an iceberg for a second. And obviously an iceberg, you can see it from the, um, maybe they don't have it, but um, you see the tip of it, but then the largest portion is all underneath. It's like 90% is under here. Here's why you have to speak life and speak positive all the time, because you and I have normally been in an environment where it hasn't been that way. And so you can't just do it for a little bit, because what happens if you do it for a little bit, it's all in the conscious. However, what scientists have actually found is it's actually got to drip on down into the unconscious so that you actually become a positive person. And if you do it long enough, and if you do it long enough, and if you speak life long enough, what will happen is over time it will slowly just drip down into your subconscious and then you no longer have to try as much anymore. And people just come up to you like, wow, you're just a happy person. You're just a positive person. Wow. You just make people smile. And you're just like, okay, that's just kind of who I am. How many want that to be who you are? Come on, how many want that to be who you are? So you've got to embrace a growth mindset. So let's go back to the story of Gideon. Gideon is at a time where the children of Israel... It's not going well at all. Gideon's been hiding in in the wine press where they make wine. They're hiding in caves. Literally, the Midianites have kicked out the people of God from the promised land. And they are, every time there's there's, um, a harvest time, the Midianites come in and they just steal everything. People are dying. It's a bad situation. Gideon's hiding and, and an angel of God shows up to him and says, you're going to be a mighty man of valor. And he's kind of full of excuses, as you and I might be. And he's full of insecurity. And I'm like, he's like, I'm the least of the least. I'm the smallest of the small. Why don't you go choose someone else? And that's just the way God works. I don't know why, but God seems to take many times our weaknesses. He says, don't worry, son. I'm going to put your, my strength on your weakness. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my strength, the fact that you haven't had a good father model, I'm going to put my strength on you and that's going to make you a great dad. Yeah. I'm going to put my strength on some of your insecurities and you think you can't even talk in front of people and I'm going to have you speak in front of thousands. Yeah. You, you, you were bad at math as an elementary student, but guess what? I'm going to put my genius on you and all of a sudden you're going to be a great accountant. You're going to be a great business person. Are you with me? Man, you might have grown up in the most negative marriage environment. And when God puts his grace on you, you can have a phenomenal marriage. Are you with me? And so God speaks to this man, Gideon. He says, listen, you're going to be a mighty man of valor. And the problem was there was a small army, an army of like 32,000 people. 32,000 people sounds all right. However, the Midianites are in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands. God shows up to Gideon. He's like, Hey, Gideon, you got too many guys. Um, Ask them if any of them are scared they can leave. Now, how many of you know it has to be really bad for grown men with swords, spears, horses to go, Hey, guys, who's scared you can go home to mum? Is anyone else feeling this? Like, grown men don't look at each other and just go, Yeah, let's go home to mum. This is silly. No, right? And here's, the, here's how you know how bad it is. 22,000 of them look at each other and go, okay, we're going home. 22,000 soldiers, swords, spears, they've been training for this for life because they know the armies of Midian are so bad. They're like, this is going to be a massacre. Let's just go home to mom. Let's hang out with mom. Thought it used to be tough. Now I'm not. Now there's 10,000 people. And don't you think the 10,000 were kind of like, "Um, I wasn't scared before, (laughs) Uh, but actually Gideon, I'm petrified now. There were 32,000 of us, now there's 10,000 of us, Um, I might need a change of shorts. And the, there's 10,000 warriors, and God says, way too many, and Gideon's like, you're serious. And so they come down the water, and they haven't drunk for days. And, and, and Scripture says, here's, here's the defining factor. Let one of them, when they go down, if they just literally like sink their head into the, the lake and the water, and they drink it like a dog, they go home. But if they still act soldierly and look down, but they pick it up in the hand, and they drink from this, if they're still ready for Battle, take that one. 22,000 go home in one moment. Now 9,700 go home. Now there's 300. (laughs) And if you were scared of 32,000, and then there's 10,000, I don't care how many times you've watched the movie 300. (laughs) You are going to be scared, okay? Okay? So God shows up, and he says this to Gideon in Judges 7.14. Judges 7.14 says this. He's he's snuck on down. He's he's, he's, uh, still team sixing it down there. He's hanging out with the Midianites, and God says to him, go down there, and I'm going to encourage you by what happens. Verse 14 says this. His companion answered, and Gideon's listening. He's literally at the tent, and he's doing one of these, and then the man speaks and says, Your dream can mean only one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite victory over Midian and all its allies. Hear this again. He's hearing this. He says... I must have heard wrong. Let me hear again. And, and the guy says the same thing. He says, your dream can mean only one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. Uh, Haas, come here again. I'm going to pick on you again. Stand right there. Stand face me. Okay. Um, you know what the devil does to us? Here's what the devil does to us. He, he speaks lies. He speaks doubt. He speaks, and he attacks us with this. And you've got to understand that when the Midianites are hundreds of thousands of people and the Israelites are 300 people, could you imagine the smack talk the Midianites are doing to the Israelites? They're like, we're going to crush you. We're going to kill you. We're going to send you home to pieces to mama and all this kind of stuff. And there's this barrage of insults and doubt and so forth. And God gives Gideon a secret. And it's really interesting, and I feel like it's going to encourage you because here's what the devil does. The devil looks at you and says, you can't do it. Remember what you did last week? Remember what you did last month? Do you remember? You haven't read your Bible? You're such a bad Christian. You're a bad person of faith, and and he attacks you, and he verbalizes, and he's just speaking trash to you. And he barrages. And if you stay there and believe it, you get discouraged and you'll show up at the church like, oh, I don't know if I should be here and so forth. I'm just, I'm just not a good Christian and so forth. Or maybe you're a person of faith or not faith. You're just like, I don't even know. The roof's going to come in, Anthony. And Satan speaks like this to you and me. But then God, stay right there, gives him a victory, a, a key here. And here's the interesting thing. Hold on, face that way. See, the devil speaks to you and attacks you with lies like this. But here's what I realized. What does the devil say behind your back? I can't believe he's still in church. God must be with him. A month ago, he was drunk and he's still in church. It's like God must be with him. See, there's lies here, and if you listen to this, you're going to be defeated by what I felt like I wanted to encourage some people with. You've been hearing a bunch of things, but let me enlighten, or let the Holy Spirit enlighten for a moment that could it be that the devil actually speaks about you behind your back words of victory? Because he actually knows that you can do it. And he actually knows that you can fulfill your destiny. And he's nervous about you hearing it. So let me just give you a glimpse. See, he's been talking smack over here. Have you ever had a friend who flatters you here and talks bad about you here? The devil does the opposite. He speaks negative here, but behind your back, he's like, oh my goodness, this guy's making a difference. What am I going to do? This guy keeps serving. What am I going to do? This guy keeps doing stuff. What am I going to do? And see, all you're hearing is, what you do for God doesn't matter. Don't go to church anymore. You keep sinning. But behind here, he's like, holy crap. This guy's starting to get it. He comes, coming to the house of God. Don't you realize every demon and his minions, he's been sending his best assignment assassins against you. And the devil's just like, I can't even stop this guy. Yeah. God must be on his side. Yeah. God must be on his side. Come on, church. God must be on his side. God must be on his side. Yeah. A year ago, he was calling himself an atheist and somehow he's in church couple of months ago, i drugs. What are you doing here? The devil's speaking over here. I can't believe it. He's, now he's on the praise team. What am I going to do? I saw him reading the Bible the other day. He's treating his wife nice now. I've got to remind him how he used to be. He comes over here. He used to do this. He used to do this. You remember your dad? You remember this? You remember that? Comes back. Is it working? Is it working what I'm doing? (laughs) It's just like, God must be on his side. (laughs) And so I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to give you a glimpse. Yes, he's speaking negative to your face, but what's he saying behind your back? What are they doing at Church Alive again? I've been working hard all week! I'm wasting my time! And you should say that's right, devil! You are! Yeah. Yeah. Now leave me the hell alone! <laughs> Come on! Alright, go sit down, man. <laughs> How many of you, a little bit encouraged right now? Yeah. Come on, how many of you, just a little bit encouraged? And what was so cool, that's what happens to Gideon. Gideon's scared. He's got 300 guys. Shows up to the tent. So listen to what my enemies are saying about me. And he expects them to be like, <laughs> How many men is there? 300. And thousands. And they're like, oh, God must be with him. And so Gideon goes back. And he's pumped up. Listen to what he says in verse, verse 15. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he, first of all, he bowed and worshipped for the Lord. And then he returned to the Israelite camp. And he shouted. Why did he shout? Because he was pumped. I'd be excited too, wouldn't you? And he shouts to them, Get up! (laughs) They're sleeping. And this guy doesn't wait till morning. He's not like, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to give him a few hours. No. Now. We are moving right now. He's like, get up. For the Lord has given you victory over the hordes of hell, I should say. Years ago... Um, I was invited to preach at my father-in-law's church. And actually Miriam is there today preaching. And, um, and I spoke at his church. Um, and that night, I had an unusual moment. Literally, I was going to sleep or I woke up in the middle of the night. And I literally saw blackness and two red eyes staring at me. I mean, no, that's not a good thing. No, just checking, at least you're tracking with me, right? You're like, oh, 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 that's bad. And I literally opened up, and all I could see was two red eyes just staring at me. And I was trying to say, Jesus. And I couldn't even speak for like 30 seconds. I was like, I'm scared. But the moment I said, Jesus, I left. And I just wanted to encourage someone in here. Listen, you may not know all the scriptures. You may not know all the stuff. But when the devil comes, and he does come, Say, Jesus! Why? Because He is the one who holds the victory. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be Bible boy to beat the devil, though grow in knowledge and grow in understanding, memorize the Word and so forth. You've got to understand, Jesus has already won. Yeah. He has already got the victory. So listen, if you're stuck, if you're confused, just go, Jesus, help me! Yeah. And that name... Demons tremble. That name they have to go. That name. I I believe that the devil's been working so hard on Christians. Stop saying Jesus. Stop saying Jesus. Stop it. Our culture's like, oh, you can say every name. You can say butter. That's okay. No one freaks out. But just say Jesus. "Ah." (laughs) You're not one of those. Who else else are you going to follow, though? When the disciples, literally a whole bunch of disciples, left Jesus in John chapter 6, verse 66. And Jesus looks at his disciples and says, are you guys going to leave too? And Peter says something so good. He says, Lord, where else do we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. you got to understand, church, we're all following somebody. Every single one of us is following somebody. Are you with me? How positive is positive enough? You ever been around someone and they got the flu? And I go, it's you. like, oh. And you're like, get away from me. Why? Because they're negative, right? They're, they're going to give you the germs. You ever been around someone and you were having a good day, then they start talking about land tax in New Jersey, and all this kind of stuff. You're like, oh man, I was having a good day until you start mentioning land tax. I was having a good day until I was having a good day, and you caught their negativity. How positive should a Christian be? How positive should I be? How positive should should church alive be? Here's how positive you should be. You should be so positive that people I too you, catch your positivity. Yeah. And I hope today that our church just lifts just that little bit. You might be Captain Negative. But guess what? If you take on a growth mindset, you can bump up a little bit. You might be growing in, in your faith and so forth, but you can, you can go up to the next level, can't you? You might be, be like, man, I'm pretty positive. How do you know you can go to the next level? Yeah. There is always a greater level of faith. And gosh, I pray that our church is just a positive bunch of people. Get around us and just, no. No. Oh, hang around this church. I catch the positivity bug. <sighs> The Faith Buck, are you with me? Yeah. Can I have a worship team come back? Is anyone getting this? Yeah. yeah. So good. In, in, in being a dad to my children, one of the things I do almost every single day, at dinner time, we grab dinner, and here's what I say to my kids. I'm like, hey, Shelly, Benny, Hope, what was the most best thing about your day today? And Hope goes, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? She doesn't really, but it was good though. And I asked my children, what was the best thing about today? Why do I do that? I do that intentionally because I want my kids to be positive kids. Now, sometimes what my daughter does is she's like, wow, daddy, can I tell you three bad things that happened today? And I'm like, hold on, okay, I can hear the bad things, but first you're going to tell me what was the best thing, what was the greatest game, what was the best thing, why? I want my kids to be positive. I want them not whiny and, and, and snotty nose and just like, ah, daddy, it was the worst. I don't want to hang out with that. Well, guess what? If you're a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, guess what? You are his child, and he is trying to train you to be more positive. Listen to what 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 says in the NLT. It says this, if you want to enjoy your life, come on, can we put up two hands in the air and say, that's me. Okay, it's a great question. If you want to enjoy life, every single one of us is that, right? If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, someone say happy. happy. Then he says this, this is the Father speaking to you. Keep your tongue from speaking evil. The first thing dad speaks to you about is this one. If you want your life to be happy, keep your tongue from evil. You're like, what do you mean evil? In the Bible, most times evil isn't cussing. Evil's unbelief. The children of Israel did not get into the promised land, not because they dropped a couple of four-letter words, but because they refused to believe God. And so my speech reveals where my heart is. And he says this if you want your life literally to change, he says, stop speaking negative words. Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from sp- telling lies or speaking lies. How many get something out of this today? Now, I hope, I hope. Let me give you an application, though, because I think sometimes we get inspired, and then if we leave inspired but we don't know what to do, then we leave frustrated eventually. So I felt like I wanted to give you application today. Yongi Cho, the pastor of the world's largest church, I was very influenced by this. At probably 19 or 20, I read one of his books. And what he said kind of marked me, and I certainly don't do this every day, but certainly when I'm kind of having a bad day, I try to infiltrate it into my world. Here's what he said. He said, I name every day. So I want to give us a seven-day challenge in our church. It's this. I call today blank. What do you mean? You need to work hard today. I call today productive. My wife, my, uh, Shelly said to me the other day, Daddy, you're a hashtag weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and normally I wouldn't let my daughter t- talk to me that way, but since she put a hashtag on it, I let it slide. I was just like, all right, that's pretty cool. You're a hashtag. All right. She's like, yeah, hashtag weirdo. So I just want to give you a hashtag. Are you ready? Hashtag I call today. Seven day challenge. I call today. What do you need today to be? I call today productive, I call today thankful, I call today blessed, I call today peaceful, I call today, and listen, this is just the start of a journey, but hey, it starts with one step, doesn't it? It starts tomorrow, Monday morning, on your way to work, and you're like, oh, I hate Mondays, hashtag I call today. Thanking God I got a job. Thanking God I got help. Thanking God I got some money coming. Thanking God for the heat because soon it's going to be cold. I thank God for whatever. I thank God for my family. I thank God for the grace of God. I thank God I t- for me today. I was like, God, I just want to call today thankful. Yeah. Yeah. He says if you, if you want to love your life, if you want a happy life, He says keep your tongue from evil. Your lips from speaking lies. Come on, all across this place. Close your eyes. Bow your head with me. Father, I pray for your people today that in the name of Jesus, that the life of the Spirit would touch all of our minds and all of our hearts. And God, you would begin to replace old thinking with new thinking, with faith thinking, with victorious thinking, with vict- um, victorious living God, I pray. And I pray that you literally you would infect this church with a spirit of faith. And you would infect this church with a spirit of positivity. God, with not just hype, but God, it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's the genuine stuff. It's, 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 it's real, God. And I pray that families in here would begin to shift and become even more joyful and even more happy. And I pray that business leaders in here would even shift things in their company and and God, people who are working for people, God, they'd show up and, and, and be joyful and happy in the morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Take a moment right now, church. And just in your own heart, call today what you need it to be. I call today. I call today. No one moving around this moment. I want to tell you, there's a man. His name is Jesus. He's here right now. His presence is here right now 2,000 years ago he stepped out of a perfect place into an imperfect place he died on a cross but he rose from the dead and he told his people his 12 disciples his 120 followers go and make disciples of all the nations and now 2 billion people call upon that name and 2 billion people across the planet have said yes to the person of Jesus but you've got to understand that every single one of us is invited to that person You might have grown up Christian, Catholic, non-religious. You might have been drunk last night and high last night. God is not surprised at your behavior, but He calls you son, He calls you daughter, but He calls you to come home. And if you'll open your heart in this moment right now, you may be running from Him instead of running to Him. You may have said yes to Him years ago, but for some reason you don't really have an authentic relationship with Him. If you want an authentic relationship with him he's not trying to give you religion but he is trying to give you an authentic relationship with him all across this place if you don't know him or you've been running from him I want to pray a simple prayer and that prayer if you follow it with me by faith and sincerity is a, a simple prayer to just invite that person of Jesus into your heart to forgive you to cleanse you to be the Lord of your heart and he begins to transform you from the inside out as you let him You've got to invite Him in to be the Savior, but invite Him in to be the Lord, right here, right now. He will knock on your heart. Let's simply open the door. Let's pray this prayer together, Jesus. Right now, I open the door to you. Forgive me, cleanse me, come in, be my Lord, be my Savior. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. Right here, right now, if you prayed that prayer, come on, slip up your hand all across the place. Front to the back. Left to the right. Thank you, bro. Anyone else? All across the place. Thank you, sweetheart. Thanks, Chan. That's awesome. Anyone else? Just all across the place. I saw two. uh, Another hand over here. Just awesome. Anyone else? Just quickly. I think three or four hands going up. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Thank you so much for responding to the Spirit of God. Father, I pray for your sons and daughters. I pray for your men and women, Lord, in this place. Lord, bless them with every blessing. Seal in them the very life of God, I pray. In the mighty and awesome name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, can we give those people a hand? The respondent. Come on, can we do better than that? That's so good.